Hey, Monica, how's it going? So far, so good. Although I am immersed in smoke inside my house because of these wildfires. <laughs> yeah, the wildfires have been kind of nuts. I don't even know what to make of it. I've seen uh, footage of drones dropping firebombs on trees. <laughs> I'm not there surprised. I mean, allegations definitely... of uh, teenagers going out there and starting fires too. So that happened in Australia. They they arrested something like 200 people for that, and here. In the north, in northern Cal, they they call them like the lightning complex fires because there are 11,000 lightning strikes that started them. Yeah. But when I lived, I lived in northern California for four years. And I remember thinking I have never seen lightning or heard thunder since I've been here. I just, it's unheard of. And then I found an article from 2012 that said, Bay Area lightning record shattered with 750 lightning strikes. <laughs> so this was 11,000 and the previous, I mean, I don't know what geographical area it was talking about, but it's just, I don't, I do not believe that that is just some random unprecedented event to layer onto all the other random unprecedented events from this year. And then I finally figured out what event 201 means. If you are familiar with that. Oh, I have uh, done some rather deep dives into the event 201 thing. And it's, uh, you can't look at it and say, yeah, guys, this is not coincidence at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got taken off the air for for my coverage of that back in February. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. WSB. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of notorious for that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was the one thing that put, pushed them over the edge, I guess, after all the years of, you know, I don't know if I got bolder or what, but. But they said that the event to a one, the actual title was because every year gets like 200 new microbial diseases and they kept waiting for the one that just broke out and that would be the 201st. So event 201 is the pandemic that gets, a, you know, the microbe that gets away. Yeah. And it's just so crazy that they, they set that up with all of the features. I mean, it got to the point where in February I was through no genius of my own, just reading the event 201 stuff, just playing clips from their own fake newscasts. I was predicting the future. Like it was freaking people out. <laughs> it was just them. It was just, they, they just did it. They just followed that script just too perfectly to the point where I started to think that it's revelation of the method and they want us to know. And then I thought, isn't that interesting that it would happen in the year 2020, the year of clear vision. I yeah. thought that was, you know, kind of a weird connection to make. Yeah, right as soon as uh, January 1st happened, we were all making the, you know, the 2020 and hindsight jokes and everything. Yeah. Yeah, little did we know that how much that would actually play into this year. Yeah, and and I start to think with this stuff, I really have never been one to explore too much the occult stuff or magical stuff, but it's gotten to the point where it's so, it's so, un, it's so illogical. I mean, to even if it is a pathocracy where the government works against you. Yeah. It, I don't even know what they're after. I guess this, this great reset, this great, I, my vision of the, of the world after the great reset, which the world economic forum is calling for, which will usher in their fourth industrial revolution. And the world economic forum is the one who did event 201. So it seems to me that event 201 <laughs> was meant to get them, their agenda solved, but like the way I see the the cities of the future that they seem to want to instill 
install even are like all international airline terminals, you know, just like all white plastic and chrome and neon lights. And you can see around every corner and there's no, as one of their articles said, I I have no privacy. I own nothing, but I'm happy. I, I just see them pulling all that stuff together. But, but you know, what is their motive to be these is it that they just love having power? Do they genuinely think that they're doing the world a favor, even if we're too stupid to realize it? I mean, and then I just start thinking that maybe there is some malevolent force or some magical force or some higher thing that they think they're achieving by bringing the entire world to heal. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, Tolkien had a pretty good uh, take on it. He was uh, talking about in the Lord of the Rings, who was uh, going over how many rings had gone to the the different races and they said nine to the race of men who above all else desire power. Interesting. So. Yeah. And yeah, that Tolkien was a smart dude. So yes, he, my mother loved him because he was Catholic and I, I guess it had some you know, allegorical elements to it, which were always beyond me. So she loved Lord of the Rings, but hates Harry Potter because it's like the different, <laughs> <laughs> the different supernatural representation i don't know but yeah the they i guess it's just you know i guess it's just power i don't know you know it just feels it feels like there's something more to it than what you see is what you get yeah it's um it, it's really funny to watch these uh you know the 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 players all come out there and they like to say uh I was like, well, we're, no, we're doing this for your own good. And then the, on the back end, you know, you see how much of power they've actually uh, gotten from this whole uh, uh thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we locked us up in our homes. You know, we didn't need a standing military to do that. Nope. We got citizens turning on each other with the whole mask thing. Yeah. Unemployed people now just begging the government for a paycheck every week. So it's uh, they yeah. got quite a lot without having to threaten violence at all. And the way they did that paycheck thing is they got everyone to agree. They they got the unemployment to basically be visited upon people randomly. Like you could have done all the right things and all of a sudden end up watching your 401k go to zero, your business go out of business, all of your savings done, you've borrowed money, you can't pay back, go bankrupt there. And then, so instead of being looking at the guy across the street and saying, well, he's a bum and he doesn't go to work and it's not right that he should be on welfare. You have to say, you know what? It is totally disconnected with your character or your effort or your decisions. And that's, I think, how you can get so much buy-in. I think that that was an ingenious element to it. And I think it was intentional. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's i I'm kind of of the, of the persuasion of, even if it wasn't intentional, they definitely uh, played it like a fiddle afterwards. Yeah, you know, like- but that but that particular theme of they kept saying that like it's it's through no fault of theirs we must help them it's through no fault of theirs I just feel like that is what got people to buy into this yeah that you know what could you do what if it's you on the other end of it or even if you were a guy who would never take well for all of a sudden you will because there's absolutely nothing you could do the randomness of of the world. And that just doesn't even make sense. The world isn't random. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, uh, does my heart some good is the, uh, seeing people coming out now starting to protest the uh, lockdowns and everything else, you know, especially in Europe. I mean, did you see the yes. uh, protest in Germany? It was like 2 million people out in the streets. 
Yes, yes. And I, I wonder if the reason we don't have so many is that people see our protests, these like are turning to riots and anarchy and that maybe that those yeah. images are kind of scaring good people out of showing up. <laughs> yeah, because all that takes is just a busload of uh, black block anarchists being paid by the Ford Foundation to come in and just start throwing uh, Molotov cocktails at people. Yeah, and and they did try to paint the Germans. They 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 did throw some neo-Nazi stuff in oh, yeah. there. And, and Every single one of them the are far right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the Reichstag was it wasn't that Hitler's inaugural false flag was the Reichstag fire. Yeah. And then that is what happened during these German protests. I mean, you just see the people, the reason that they are so adamant about the civil rights is that they were afraid of having a repeat. You know, they learned the lesson from from Hitler and that and that's why they will not have this. But that doesn't stop the world from seeing it through that lens if that's what the powers of that be want. Yeah, I found it particularly funny when they were labeling everybody at the German protest as far right. And I was like, guys, by European standards, Joe Biden is far right. <laughs> yes, yes. And even when you just see the images, these are clearly your everyday citizen. Yeah, I mean, they were just regular people. <laughs> right. You could tell. I mean, they weren't, uh, you know, nobody was out there in a suit. Uh, nobody had like, you know, well-groomed hair or anything. It was uh, just regular people just getting out right. the street because they're tired of being told to stay in their homes all day long. And maybe they're still smart enough to understand what kind of, that there's no science, you know, there's no real the science supposed that that we're basing these policies on the actual data and studies seem contradictory and unavailable and then you never ever ever see a political entity or even a media entity going through and saying okay this is the cost benefit analysis that they went through to say all right this is how many lives would be lost if we do nothing and this is how many lives would be lost from this course of action or that i mean that's just a normal i i'm not i'm not for policy of any kind cuz i'm an anarcho capitalist but <laughs> i feel like it's normal if you are going to even be a minarchist or have any regulatory authority at the government level, there has to be a system for it. Even a technocrat has to have a process and they, they just didn't do any of that. And it's so suspicious to me. Yeah. I mean, even if you got out right at the beginning and said, okay, well, here's what we know about this thing. Obviously try to limit your exposure as much as possible, but otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll take a hands-off approach. <laughs> yeah. Would have and been not to much mention- more preferable. There is a literally one-to-one correlation between death and pre-existing illness. I mean, you literally could simply do what all quarantines in history have been before. Well, let's normally quarantine the people who have that germ. But in this case, if you wanted to take a different approach, you would simply quarantine the people who were vulnerable, which is a very, very small percentage of the population. And the good news would be if you had the rest of the people, all basically 350 million of the rest of the people walking around, picking it up, that a a virus like that, like all colds and flus and stuff, the longer it's out in the community, the less deadly it becomes. 
it, it either kills its host or it's it, or it lightens up and it can spread around without killing people. So you you give that herd immunity, you get it, people, you uh, neutralize the bug itself, and the people who are vulnerable are home getting good care. And yeah. they're not getting that now because the healthy people are also told to stay home. They're not even visiting their families. It's really messed up. And we'll never see the truth, I don't think. Oh, no. That's it, it, like anything else. I mean, we just had the uh, – yesterday was uh, 9-11. And so it was like uh, – some people were asking. It was like, well, you're not posting memes. I was like, what good is it going to do? All of the same people are right. still in charge, you know. <laughs> there are a few things I would never talk about on the air, not because – I, you know, for absolutely no reason, but this, that there were people who for a single issue, such as 9-11, they just would dismiss everything you said if you talked about it. Now, I don't know how many people think that 9-11's official narrative is true. Like how many people still think that's kind of like JFK. Weirdly, <laughs> you think, yeah, everybody seems to know there's a truth and doesn't seem to care that all subsequent governments are just covering it up. You know, it's like that was then. It's like, well, no, it's now because they continue to cover this stuff up. But there's no point. I don't think there's any point in talking about it necessarily because I, I'm happy to talk about it, but it doesn't really convince people and it will it will negate your ability to have a conversation with people about anything else if they oh, yeah. write you off because of that but it's just so hard to believe the official narrative it's i can't even uh, i mean the official narrative in anything really i mean yeah. government is made up of people who are liars thieves murderers and pedophiles why believe anything that they say yeah <laughs> so, and this one was extra weird though because Saudi, like the 15 even the official story says 15 of the hijackers were from saudi arabia and Saudi yeah. Arabia is our ally, you know, Allegedly. I mean, it just doesn't, how, how, I don't even get, even the official story says, so we invaded Iraq. It's like, yeah, that's, what? that's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, uh, so well, Japan attacked our uh, naval base in uh, Hawaii. Let's, uh, um, let's go after Vietnam. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just the dumbest thing ever. And then people bought it hook, line and sinker because, you know, we had George Bush sitting down on the rubble. You know, we hear you, and soon enough, everyone who did this is going to hear you too. We're like, guys, this is a criminal act. Yeah, yeah. We all knew that. Uh, you know, the uh, Sudanese offered up Osama bin Laden to Bill Clinton back in the '90s. He said no, you know, because he was being run by the by the intelligence apparatus at the time. So well, if, Osama bin Laden was our operative for so long. Yeah, you it was want- our operative, the British operative. I actually think that's what happened with the Boston Marathon bombing, too. I think the Sarnayevs were outed by Russia as being U.S. operatives. Yeah. And so they were used as... Because of the whole Chechnya thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, we can get into the weeds talking about that stuff. And guess what? <laughs> Nothing changes. We still have... Yeah, no, I don't need to talk about it. I stopped even looking into it. I feel like the internet closed down after the Parkland thing two years ago, two and a half years ago. And just getting real research. It's just all completely sanitized and propagandized. And it's not, you know, you just pick one or two things that were from before that. And you can, I don't know if you can still even find all the evidence, but just one solid false flag to open your eyes. And I just feel the scales fall off and it's hard to not see through everything, including 
They even, I, I mean, I know people who had a weird kind of flu or cold or sickness this year earlier on before all the scare stuff. So oh, yeah. yeah, maybe there's something weird going around, but yeah, I lived up in uh, Dallas in December and I was knocked on my ass for a, for a week. What was, what were your symptoms? Oh, that, everything that we're talking about, you know, cold stuffy nose where both nostrils were stuffed up at the same time. Cause you know how when you're normally sick, like one nostril will be completely breathe. open for airway, but yeah, both of them were stopped up coughing. It was like a good several weeks after that. I still had a cough. So yeah, I believe it. And I knew people who had like thought it was strep throat, but it wasn't and whatever. So the fact, but, but if there's no connection between any of that and trillions of dollars worth of stimulus, you know, very little of which goes to any kind of healthcare, anything. Yeah. So no, they, you didn't, you didn't get that stimulus money. Yeah. <laughs> that $4 trillion covered all of the gophers. That, yeah. That's what it covered. Yeah. And I mean, your little check for $1,200 or $3,000, if you had kids or whatever, it's, you know, that, you know, that was a, that was a drop in the bucket. And you can look at it. If you look at where it's all spent, that it was a tiny amount. And then it's just so bizarre. They, they shut down the economy and then bail out the businesses that supposedly they crippled, but you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't ring true. It doesn't make sense. And I, I can't. Oh, yeah. So if you don't see through nine 11 and stuff like that, I just can't believe people are still believing the official narratives. I just oh, can't yeah. believe it. They make no sense. And things yeah. are getting worse. The government power is, is abused and ineffective at the best. Yeah. I try to pull the Scott Horton rule for a lot of things that attack the left from the left and the right from the right. Mm-hmm. And so even uh, during nine 11, you know, I'd send there, you know, go up to my conservative buddies and I was like, uh, Hey, why are we uh, getting involved in this, in a war here? I mean, we could just send special forces to go arrest this guy and bring him back. You know, yeah, and then, like Ron Paul said, yeah, <laughs> letters and, of Mark and reprisal. They are privateers. They are not yeah. representing a state. They are pirates. Yeah. Just go arrest the guy. And, uh, and then, then you would sit there and just drop a little truth bomb on him. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, when George Bush goes to Riyadh to see the Saudis, he stays at the bin Laden house. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe put two and two together and then you tack it from the left. I was like, really? We're going to let George Bush start a war. You know, and then they'd be all for it. But then, you know, I was like, you can see this whole thing has been used to get war. I mean, come on, let's uh, let's take a step. I know. Back. And then when Obama does it, it's like, well, it, he wasn't as bad. It's like, he's oh, yeah. just carrying on the same policies. I was like, he then, can give a speech. I was like, that that doesn't matter. Right. And then I mean, if I'm an actor. Trump, <laughs> yes. And I'm given lines to read for a camera. I can do it. And they're all. I mean, that's what Trump is. He's literally an actor. Jeff Zucker trained him as an actor, the CNN guy. And nobody who even looks at what uh, Donald Trump does, you couldn't come away with thinking, he's doing a performance. Right. I mean, this is, even some of our libertarian podcasters, we've all come away as like, yeah, he's just a stand-up comic. He's just in the wrong job. Yes. I was like, yeah, he's, he's just doing an act. But I think that he was really trained to do that by those very people who put him in office. You know, I think that Apprentice was on the job training and also had the impact of getting people to think of him 
as the boss man, even though he was really more like Kim Kardashian than Mark Cuban. He was really a brand hawker, not yeah. a like, super big businessman. I mean, he tried the businesses, but they kept failing. He just wasn't really good at it. Yeah. A lot of people, I guess, forget this. he's been in the public eye since the late 70s. So, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah he's been on TV shows, you know, Pizza Hut commercials. The wrestling? Yeah, wrestling. He even wrestled uh, Vince McMahon at one yes. point. I mean, come on. Can we get any more performance art than that? I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, that, and he always had that same persona. So when he came out on the wrestling, his song was money, money, money. And he had right. like strippers and stuff. I mean, he's just, and then he got elected without spending any campaign money. I mean, that's because Jeff Zucker, his creator, told Republicans that nothing scares CNN more than Donald Trump. And right. if they had done that to Ron Paul, then Ron Paul would be president. Yeah, it's uh, it's so so strange just to kind of watch it all. And then, um, you know, you get to the so-called conservatives these days. I mean, they just... I was like, well, he dunks on the media. I was like, okay, uh, one in the plus column. <laughs> no, and and uh, the thing that I get every single time is that he he makes Democrats I hate mad, like Chuck Schumer and Maxine Waters. I'm like, well, they're all maybe they're mad, maybe they're not, but yeah, his twenty four seven four years straight entertainment value is what he that that makes him the greatest president because he does better than anyone else what a president is supposed to do and that is distract the people from what's really going on yeah i think he's just trying to be like a modern day teddy roosevelt you know just kind of going around and it's like look i'm gonna ride a buffalo today and it's like okay and look teddy roosevelt's biggest impact was that when he split the ticket and got woodrow wilson elected yeah right wasn't that (laughs) wasn't that him yeah, I, I mean, he was. was, yeah, he was all involved in, because uh, we often refer to Teddy Roosevelt as the father of modern day progressivism. So, yeah, which I Woodrow Wilson was, was just a creature of that. Yeah. And I just actually think the progressive stuff was a way for industry to capture industry that, that they did it. First of all, like social programs, public transportation, public health care, all that stuff allows corporations who don't have a lot of competition for their products or they they can take the that will reduce their cost of labor and if there isn't a lot of competition to get their workers away from them because the regulatory bodies keep startups from encroaching they have you know they have advantages in all directions so they like the regulatory state they like the antitrust stuff. They like the social programs. It all feeds into, if you want to think of it as like the corpo governmental continuum, this kind of fascism, which was coming up you know, not too long after that. I think it's naive to think that this was this stuff was that that stuff was what you see is what you get either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mussolini said it best. It should be called corporatism. Wow. He said that? Yes. When they're asking him to define fascism, he said it should be called corporatism. Wow. And you know, that's corporations and the government work together. Yeah. And that's actually what I think China has more than anything else. Like they, people talk about it as being communist. Like there's a lot of rich people there who own, I believe they own their, their money and their companies. Yeah. They just get the monopoly from the state and they stay in line 
but they get the money because that's that worked so much better than like the Russian style communism where the state itself ran yeah complete everything. command and control. I mean, they tried that during uh, Mao Zedong's time with a great leap forward. Yeah, and it ended up killing you know almost eighty million people. <laughs> Didn't they want that though? Well, it was a good way to get away with the, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, we have a whole bunch of peasants that we're going to need to feed. Yeah, that's what I worry about for this, for what's happening now is, oh, yeah. let's say, yeah. I really think the coronavirus is a proxy for war. And what, and if, I don't know if you've ever read the report from Iron Mountain, it's pretty short, but it talks about on the desirability and possibility of peace and the focus of the little book, which is supposed to be an insider's look at how what was really happening inside the government. And they were saying because of nuclear weapons, you can't have a real, the threat of war is no longer a way to keep people in line. And war serves so many purposes. And if we can't use it anymore, we've got to find a substitute. What could it be? Could it be an environmental disaster or whatever? And then it talks about all the purposes that war serves and one of them and a lot of it we're seeing right now more power at the government level the command and control stuff but one thing that i haven't seen yet paradoxically because it's a pandemic supposedly is that that really high number of deaths war takes out tens of millions of people and yeah I, and that that's that was always Bill Gates's biggest plan was to reduce the population. And now he's the guy in charge of healthcare. So, <laughs> you know, like I'm still waiting for that other shoe to drop. And he did say phase the second wave would really get people's attention. I can't even believe that. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Corbett did a great job with his uh, series of who is Bill Gates. And yes. if people haven't checked that out. They really need to. It uh, was great. Yeah, I really want to get a copy of that in the hands of Joe Rogan because he was, you know, coming out. It's like, oh, he's just a nice guy. You know, he wears the sweater. It's yeah. like, no, he's not a nice guy at all. <laughs> Rogan has to have parameters on what he can and can't say. I mean, they, they, people keep talking about the fact that when he went to Spotify, some of his episodes were purged. I don't know. Yeah, all the ones featuring Alex Jones and some of the conspiracy stuff they took off. I think when I'll say he had a Sargon of a cod on there. They took that episode. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> huh. It was like uh, some of the ones with uh, questionable guests that, that don't fit politely into, uh, you know, society's norms. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's the stuff that gave him credibility. It's just like I was saying about Alex Jones. Like in the past, he had such great episodes and that gave him so much credibility and and that got people to really like him and believe in him and then as he either in his case kind of goes off the rails or as joe rogan goes kind of more and more on the rails that stuff gets pushed aside but that's i think where the the truthier stuff is stuff that gets kind of scrubbed yeah so like uh, early on with alex jones it was his uh, documentary films I mean, because he would have all of the sources listed. Uh, stuff actually made sense in some of his films. And then uh, oh, yeah. when you get onto the radio show, it's all bluster. And he's mm -hmm. you know blowing up, yelling and screaming, tearing a shirt apart. Yes. And he was so easily duped into fake stories and everything that people would just feed him and he would just run with it. And we're, Do you think he was yeah. duped or he was there to to, you know, like Cass Sunstein's cognitive dissonance where 
they intentionally take real stuff and mix it with fake stuff so that people can't tell the difference and the real stuff gets discredited along the way. I mean, that was, yeah, the last turd, unseen was Obama's information czar. Yeah. The turd in the punch bowl. Uh, yes. Philosophy. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, no, there's been actual groups out there that would, uh, come together and they would all send in like anonymous stories to Alex Jones about, you know, being, being in the military and being microchipped and everything. And then they would like show a picture of uh, a bee sting that they had gotten on their arm as the site of injection. And uh, several of these people reported it in and he would just ran with it. And then somebody got on his show to call as a caller and told him, yeah, that was a fake story that we put out and you reported it. And then he was like trying to backpedal and uh, <laughs> say, well, yeah. you know, I've read storage about this or other places. And we're like, okay, all right. Well, you just, you, you got had, just admit that you got had. And, and then yeah. Roll. And then that, that is such, I, another thing he did, but I, I really felt he did it on purpose was when he was on Piers Morgan, it was after Sandy Hook and Piers Morgan was coming down on, you know, he was pushing gun control like crazy and he had the, yeah. Gun owners of America on guy. And that guy was great. And then he had Alex Jones on and Alex Jones starts, you know, jumping up and down and acting ridiculous. And it really made the cause for gun control, gun rights, which is the rational position seem like the irrational position. Cause he seemed irrational. And it's just hard for me to believe that he doesn't realize the impact he has. Yeah. And even during his, uh, divorce proceedings, um, it, it came out that he was just doing it as an entertainer, which I found interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag with uh, Alex Jones. He had a lot of great information and then he would just do stuff that would just kind of blow everything up. I mean, he's like, what, why are you saying this? You know, what do you think about the whole Q thing? Oh God, there is a, there is a story right here. I was looking at uh, with the headline QAnon spreads across globe shadowing COVID-19. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. This shadowing. one was, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. It was a uh, autoplay on the video there. Sorry about that. Oh no, no. I hate that. Oh, yeah. crazy. And most of the, most of the time the brave browser will actually stop it from doing that. But yeah. here lately I've guessed people have gotten wise to it. So they've been uh, moving around it. So um, yeah, from the hill, that's uh, the QAnon movement is spreading around the world, turning an outlandish conspiracy theory revolving around President Trump into one of the nation's most dangerous exports. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Maybe later. No one listens when you say taxation. Uh, these guys again. Not finding what you want in a podcast? Check out peacefreaks.com. Join Nikki P and Lizzie Picone every week with a brand new episode. Wow. So I. I absolutely never for one minute believed Q because it didn't pass my initial test, which anything that gets that really just explodes onto the scene is authentic. 
because yeah. it's hard to explode onto a scene. And if you are exploding onto the scene and you are authentic, it is very easy to suppress you before anyone would even notice. So the fact yeah. that Q got the kind of traction it got made it very hard for me to believe anyway. And now, of course, as it's playing a role, it's very clear to me that it has a role to play and it's playing it. But I also, I hate the way the media and politicians are using it to discredit all alternative ways of thinking. And I mean, that's what it's there for, I guess, but it's just- Yeah, they'll just label somebody a Q crazy instead of calling them a conspiracy theorist now. Right. And a lot of people, I mean, the, the people who agree with Q- or kind of our adherence of it. I mean, I've never met anybody who was anything but sincere. Yeah. I mean, they, they read the stuff and you know, maybe some of it is factual. And so they'll just kind of go with those like, well, look at this, you know, but um, I, you know, I'm 41. I, I was around in the nineties when the Patriot mythology stuff started with uh, Nisera and uh you know, we're going to call a constitutional convention to reorder yeah. the government and all that. And QAnon goes right along with that stuff. I, I've seen it all before. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't so, catch that. Yeah, so a lot of the uh, the QAnon posts, they, they, they will reference Nisera and the ConCon and everything else. And it's like, oh. guys, this yeah, is did, all like mid-90s retread right here. <laughs> I did see it get... Um, the constitutional convention stuff getting some airtime. And I noticed that like everything is a retread of something, even to the, the Trump tapes or a retread of Nixon tapes with the same actual reporter Woodward. Oh but yeah. What that. do you think, speaking of very authentic adherence and uh, a ready-made narrative in the media, what do you think about the Boogaloo boys? What's the story there? Well, that whole thing started off as a joke. So for those that don't know, uh, there was a movie in the 1970s called Break Two Electric Boogaloo. And so the, the thought there was, we're going to have this second American revolution and we'll just call it the Boogaloo. And uh, the, the memes and the jokes kind of wrote themselves after that. So at some point we got Hawaiian shirts and then uh, coonskin hats were, were another one. And uh, I think at one point, the uh, the ADL and uh, the the ACLU all got in and were trying to label all these things as a hate group. So then they uh, changed the name to a whole bunch of different stuff. And then one of the thing was uh, CNN boys. Because <laughs> why? Well, there's no way they're going to censor hashtag CNN, right? Because it's a name <laughs> network. So That's yeah, so funny. they like to label it, you know, far right extremists, of course. And uh, anytime that uh, the Boog boys were out on patrol and some of these riots and, you know, not all of them are white dudes in their fifties. You know, a lot of them, young people, there's African-Americans, Asians, all different kinds. And uh, people would just say, well, that's a setup picture. I was, I was like, no, yeah. these, you know, this is this guy's name. Here's his Facebook profile. You can see he's a real, he's a real person who believes in this, but uh, yeah, I'm, I will make the jokes about the Boogaloo thing. And uh, I've, been known to actually name it the uh, Debbie's Bridge Tournament of Champions because that'll definitely get underneath the censors. Right. I mean, just to me, it's just a big old joke. Uh, I don't but take it very seriously. And it's getting set up too, though. I mean, that's oh, what yeah. I'm afraid of. And I actually saw an article on, I think, Slate that said it'll explode if there's a catalyzing event like Ruby Ridge. I mean, I'm just literally waiting for that. 
Well, we might have already had that in Kenosha mm. with the uh, with the mentally unstable boy that went out yeah, there. To, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. So <laughs> there's some conspiracy theories on him, which I just I had oh, to sit back tell. in my chair and laughed. Uh, what? Tell me. So one of the the Q crazies that we were talking about had a whole bunch of pictures of Kyle Rittenhouse. And, uh, you know, they showed a picture of a female skull and a picture of a male skull. And it said, look, he's got female features. Look, his hips turn inwards. This is, this is a transsexual person. So what? Anyway, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, he 17 years old. He shouldn't have went to a riot. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then someone was telling me that they do know some boys who were there and he wasn't really with them. He tagged along with them. When yeah, they I left. mean, there was a, a Facebook group that he was a part of. And then he drove 30 minutes from Antioch, Illinois, I think, to Kenosha and was hanging out next to a used car dealership. And then those guys left and he just stayed. So, right. Or should I say she? I mean, no, I looked at him. He was, he looked <laughs> like a soft kid. Soft. Yeah, he's just a 17 year old chunky. You know, that's yeah. all it is. So, yeah. But yeah, it's Funny. so crazy. It, you're right. It might be set up. Uh, we might get consultation from Randy Weaver on that one. Yes. Yeah. What a terrible story that was. I wonder what he's up to these days. He stays out of the mix, I guess. I, I think the last time I saw him was in 2006. And he was, uh, I think one, I wanted to say he was talking about police overreach on something else. I'd have to, yeah, nothing's jogging my memory right now, but yeah, I don't think he's, he gets out too much anymore, but yeah, that's a, uh, that whole situation. I mean, when you tell people yeah. like the facts of it and you try to leave the name out as much as possible, they're like, oh, that's shitty. The ATF shouldn't have done that. I was like, yeah, it, well, it happened to Randy Weaver. <laughs> and you say that kind of stuff just to kind of short circuit their brain a little bit. Yeah, no, that that uh, make liberty great again. Cam, his name is he yeah. did a Ruby Ridge thing and he did a Waco thing. And it was really great because what I realized was that the next generation it just means nothing to them. They can't remember it. And it's, I mean, talking about literally smoking guns and the connections between that. Bill Barr was the guy who got the sniper, the Vicky yeah. Weaver killer. Yeah. Who was also well, at the Waco. Right. A little and bit after he that. He wouldn't so. have been if it weren't for Bill Barr. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a definite chicanery going on there. And then, um, sure. <laughs> I think it was really funny in the 90s. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was trying to take credit for, uh, conspiracy wackos on uh, shortwave radio <laughs> really yeah it's like rush he's not talking about you he's talking about bill cooper <laughs> oh yeah i remember i heard the thing of bill cooper he was it bill cooper or was it art bell somebody was just i think it was bill cooper when alex jones first made the scene and he just did a whole show on how full of it he was and don't yeah, listen to this guy. He's he's a little wacky. I mean, I never did dig into that. But Bill Cooper, boy, he died in a hail of bullets at the hands of the government. I mean, if that doesn't make you wonder if he was on to something. And I, I just never got into the alien stuff. But it's oh, no, yeah, Yeah, I did a whole episode about Bill Cooper. He's uh, oh, He wasn't a nice guy. He was very uh, rude with his neighbors. You know, the some of the UFO people would point to uh, people that were in the Air Force and the Navy where he said he was, and, you know, he couldn't identify them. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of different things going on with Bill Cooper. There's a lot of it that is true that, you know, terrible people are in charge of the government, right? I mean, we, we can all agree. Yeah, yeah, that. we know that. 
but you know the Bilderbergs don't meet in a, meet in a nuclear submarine in the Arctic Ocean. <laughs> you know, did he really say stuff like that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's like whole talks that he would give about stuff like that. Yeah, he's a he's another one of those mixed bags where there's just some stuff in there that's like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, what do you think that's all about? Like, do you think he's a liar or he's a he's a and a secret agent or he's just stupid. Like, what do you think is, is behind a character like that? Uh, I mean, the conspiracy realm, they're filled with hucksters like this. And uh, in the early nineties, when we were all starting to get online, we, we called it the lulls L U L Z. And it was just, you know, I'm going to tell you something fantastical. And if you believe it, that's on you type of thing. You know, I'll sit back and chuckle later. But I'm just going to tell you a very convincing thing. I might have a little dab of truth here and there. But it was, that was all it was for. It's like the lulls itself was the paycheck. It was You're not getting any kind of monetary value out of this. So, oh, really? So you don't think that they do it to sell books? Like he had a book? What didn't yeah, he, he, this was yeah, curious. He wrote he had, the book. Yeah, Behold a Pale Horse. Right. But that was going to be the title of the book of Danny Casalaro, who was suicided in when he was about to publish or when he was investigating this. I, I just just got turned on to this myself. So I don't expect anybody else. Was to it uh, cocaine importation by the CIA and George Bush? It, that was Gary Webb. And it wasn't totally yeah. unrelated. But this was the promise software that. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> And yeah. he was going to write that book. So then Bill Cooper, I almost felt like to hijack that title, either was trying to hijack the publicity or was trying to make it too confusing to search for. Yeah, you'll see that all the time. I mean, it the, wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a cool thing to do. Yeah, we got movies with the same title, uh, you know, songs with the same title. I mean, in the 90s, we had three different songs that were number ones, the, all, all of them titled Creep. You know, we had Radiohead, we had Stone Temple Pilots, and then you had the TLC song. Yeah, well, you can't copyright <laughs> a title. Yeah, I know. It's so. just, it's, it's parallel thinking is a thing. Um, yeah, but, but whether or not if you're Cooper, doing it on purpose is, is another thing. Yeah, because when I saw, I was reading a book on Danny Casolaro, and I saw that that was what he was going to name his book, and I, I looked up the dates, and Bill Cooper named his book that like a year or so very shortly there after this guy's death. Yeah. And I just thought, I bet he liked the title. I saw it in an article about this guy. Or if you wanted to go down the sinister path, he actually <laughs> is. His handler a, gave him a title of a book. To, an agent. No, yeah. I was just thinking like maybe he was an, 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 a paid agent of confusion like this. If you're familiar with the Cass Sunstein article, on cognitive dissonance, where he says, in order to debunk a conspiracy theory, and it's kind of funny because it basically acknowledges implicitly that the conspiracy theories are right because he's saying, take the conspiracy discussion and insert something absurd into it. Yeah. So there, so, and it was called cognitive infiltration. So obviously there are agents who have to do that. There's a lot of evidence you can find of government agents who do that. They go into a chat room or a real meeting somewhere before the internet and they, and they interject or inject some, some confusing or disrupting element. And I just wonder if that's what Cooper was doing with that book and with some of the kookier stuff he comes out with. 
Yeah. So that's why he has the real stuff and then the kooky stuff to kookify the real stuff. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, there was always the uh, the Harley Davidson man from nine uh, eleven, you know, where he tried to get in front of every news camera to say that uh, Building Seven collapsed because of all those fires. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. There's actual like news, uh, like man on the street interviews, and this guy with a Harley Davidson hat like got in front of a couple of cameras. Huh? And was talking about yeah, it's just started coming down because the fires were so intense there. Wow. <laughs> And then juxtaposed with the firemen down at the bottom telling people to back away because the, the building was going to come down. Yeah, it's like, we just got noticed they're going to blow this building up, right. get back. Yeah, it's going to blow. And I think even the owner said, we decided to pull it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he did that on a, on a PBS, on a documentary on PBS. So. That was so crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he got, uh, you know, $4 billion for two buildings. Because he got, I know, which he bought like plane as a before. separate terrorist event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that all came down just the year before when they redid the elevators. By the way. Yep, yep, and there was also a power outage in June of that year that lasted for a couple of days. So a whole bunch of weird stuff happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Monica, I'm ready to play a game. Are you ready to play a game? I'm ready. Okay, so. Uh, we have a game here, and it's called Comic Book Villain, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or Literally Hitler. <laughs> I'm going to read off a series of quotes, and I'm going to see if you can name to see if it's a comic book villain, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or Literally Hitler. Okay. <laughs> we'll start off with uh, number one here, and the quote is this. My methods are a means to an end, no different than pruning weeds in order to let an orchid flourish. Those who stand in the way of my vision oppose me because they fear me but more than that they fear what i represent change hmm well i would have said hitler until it got to the change part right so i'm gonna say villain comic book villain and you would be correct that was dr doom there you go all right number two This one's going to be a short one. Education has to be directed towards employing the free time of a boy for the useful training of his body. He has no right to loaf about idly in these years. Right. That I think is Hitler. That is literally Hitler. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Very good. (laughs) Nice. For two, going into number three. For too long in this society, we have celebrated unrestrained individualism over common community. For too long as a nation, we have been lulled by the anthem of self-interest. Wow. Yeah, that's a doozy, isn't it? Yeah, an anthem is an Ayn Rand book. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let me think about that. Self-interest. And it has to be one of these people. Yes. Well, it's definitely not going to be Trump. I mean, I, it's between Biden and Hitler, and I'm trying Ooh. not to name it. What? No? What? You're careful now. Okay. <laughs> really? I am, I'm going to say Biden. And you are correct. Three for what? three. Joe Biden said that in the 1980s about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> wow. That would make sense because that was the uh, Ayn Rand resurgence. Okay, so number four. Remember, there's no such thing as an unreal, unrealistic goal, just an unrealistic time frame. 
Wow. <laughs> wow, that's genius. Uh, I mean, that's just too intellectual for Trump. So I'm going to say literally Hitler. No, that was, in fact, Donald Trump. Really? Yes. I think that one really? came from Art of the Deal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, not it's not Trump, the politician, because he's dumb, but Trump, the actual person, is not dumb. Right. <laughs> God dang it. Yep. So three for four so far. We got one left. Okay. One left. There you go. A life some would argue, is a series of problems. There's no denying the truth in that, but why get lost in it? Why not rise above the truth and lead a good life? Shouldn't we all look at problems as a chance for us to find solutions? Really got my confidence shaken with that last one. I know. <laughs> but I feel like that that sounds Trumpian to me. That sounds Trumpian? Yeah. I'm going with Trump. Oh. Why? No, that was Lex Luthor. Ah! Comic book villain. Ah! <laughs> Dang. Yeah, now, the point of all this is, do you see how similar they are to <laughs> yes, each other? how hard it was to do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Funny and sad all at the same time. Do you, have you done that before? And I haven't done that before. This was the first time, and I'm, I'm glad you were the guinea pig for it. Thank you. And are, will you do it again with the same quotes? You just have to uh, ask them if they heard the show. No, I might uh, I might switch it up a little bit because believe it or not, I had a hard time whittling it down to those five. So really? Yes. <laughs> it was very well done. Yeah, the Hitler one is actually like an entire paragraph and it's just a, really a run-on sentence. So I had to truncate it a little bit. So yeah, that's all right. Yeah. You got the message across. But yeah, yeah, I think the good one was Biden. That was a little tricky. Yeah, that one is uh that one's a that one's a stumper. And then if you're anthem is a anthem of self-interest was just a like yeah that was a definite jab at Ayn Rand for sure for sure (laughs) all right Monica well thanks for uh, playing along why don't you go ahead and uh, drop any plugs that you have oh thank you yes so I have a uh, podcast called the Propaganda Report which is uh, in any podcasting feed you have. I do a daily show under that banner called the drive time news blast with my co-host Brad Binkley. And it is a, it is a daily news show from a perspective of truth liberty and justice so that you don't have to listen to the mainstream media to get your headlines and we pull away the propaganda. So you know what it's really about. And you can get more of that as well as some pretty awesome cocktail parties and other stuff at our Patreon page, (laughs) patreon.com slash propaganda report. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Definitely, guys, check her out. I I am a subscriber as well, so. (laughs) Beautiful. And I do have some, I just did a Flat Earth video on my YouTube channel. It was a swap cast with a bunch of other guys. Yeah. David Weiss. And boy, it is getting a lot of hate and a lot of love. So if you want to check out my YouTube, it's yeah. uh, youtube.com slash Monica Perez. I'm going, to be a conf- I'm going to have a confession here. I was a hater because I skipped it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely skip it. I mean, it, I, I said it, uh, I, I did it because I never heard the arguments about it. And I thought it was worth just kind of, you know, the guy wanted to, lay it out and I let him lay it out and I was not convinced 
but I didn't, you know, I didn't try to beat them down or anything. Oh no, that's, I mean, that's exactly the way that you should do it is let them talk. And then yeah. uh, that's it. Oof. I wasn't convinced, but it's funny because people in the comments are like yelling at me that I'm a moron or whatever. Oh, I just was listening to the guy. Like, why do I have to be a moron? You know what? What that makes me a moron. People just get real. I don't know why it's such an emotional topic. I feel like it's nothing could be less threatening than an idea that really. Yeah, I, I mean, if you believe the world matters. is flat, I mean, go ahead and believe that. I, I'm yeah, and what difference does it make? You know, it's a prison planet is got a you know a wall around it or a dome around it. What difference yeah. does it make? <laughs> Yes, I mean, anyway. every other celestial body you look at under a telescope is all sphere-shaped. So the Earth yeah. is the exception. And it doesn't move. And we live in an electronic universe. So. And I have a telescope <laughs> that, sh- that I've seen Saturn and the, and the moons of Jupiter. And if you look every yeah. night, you can see the moons of Jupiter in a different position. I know. It's yeah. kind of strange how that works out. <laughs> yeah, I can't get anyway. into it because I work in civil engineering. And a lot of stuff that we do accounts uh, for the curvature of the Earth. So really, yes, there you go. when we're draping an image over, you know, 40 square miles of stuff, we have to take into account the curvature of the earth. That is awesome. Yeah, you should so. do a show with this guy. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have very little completely. hair left. I, I need all of it. <laughs> I understand completely. Well, I do appreciate. And if you want, um, I would love to put this up on my YouTube channel. So if you want to tell yeah, people sure. how to find you, they will hear it on my channel. Yes. Well, you can find me uh, every podcatcher there is except for uh, uh, Pandora because they, you know, they want you to pay them for your podcast. And I just don't make enough to do that. Uh, I am also on YouTube. Uh, I don't have a hundred subscribers yet. So, but uh, all the links and stuff I, I post on my uh, Twitter feed when the show comes out. But yeah, any other podcatcher, you can catch me or you can just go to anchor.fm forward slash rebel with a cause and all of my links are there. So, Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem at all, Monica. Game. Oh yeah, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's going to stay. That one's definitely going to stay. <laughs> all right, Monica. We'll right, catch wait. you later, okay? Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. you're welcome. All right, folks. And there she goes, Monica Perez. The wonderful Monica Perez. Uh, we tried getting Binkley on, but uh, he didn't respond to the uh, to the request, I guess, or is busy doing other things. But uh, we wish Brad Binkley well. I think he would have done pretty well in the uh, in the game there. So it's a uh, it's definitely a subject that's going to stick around. But uh, like I said, yeah, you can find me on YouTube, BitChute, and uh, Library.tv as well, because that's where the video version of the podcast, it's, it's not a video of me. It's like the title card and the audio. Uh, I do get uh, a lot of response over there. I get uh, quite a lot of viewers on BitChute especially, because, you know, they don't shadow ban and censor and everything else. But uh, other than that, check down in the show notes, because I'll have all of Monica's uh, links and uh, go-tos right there as well as all the different ways that you can support this podcast. I have uh, Patreon, I have Subscribestar, I've got Float, uh, Cash App, PayPal, any different kind of way you want to send some love my way, even have a Teespring store where I sell merch. You can get a t-shirt, coffee mug, hat that says don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Uh, Other than that, guys, take it easy. We'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.